Thank you for listening to the Power Shift Mindset. We'll be discussing techniques, concepts, and strategies to help you achieve the success and happiness you're looking for. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay, and I'm here once again with Shruti, and this week we're talking about different styles of coaching. Some coaches are more laid back, some are more aggressive. It doesn't mean one is right and one's wrong. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay, and I'm back again with Shruti, and this week we're talking about the different styles of coaching. And across the board, uh, obviously I've done a lot of stuff with the athletics and, and sports stuff. Uh, Shruti does a lot of stuff with the uh, a lot of mindset stuff. And there's all different styles. One of the biggest ones with the athletic style that I've seen is you have more of that drill sergeant mentality that, that really pushing, uh, come on, you got it. 10 seconds left. Come on, give me two more uh, where I tend to be a little more laid back. And I, I still work that mindset and the mental game into athletics and stuff like that. And Shruti, what is your view on the different styles and and as far as I'm concerned, no style is right or wrong, and they can all complement each other. Well, yeah, I think there's so many different styles, and it's whatever works for you and your client, getting to know your client, getting to know their personality, and working with them by, like, for me, I bring it back to them. So one of my friends, for example, she's, like, venting to me about this guy, and you know, she's like, I just want to be in a relationship. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm asking her questions about herself so she can get to the root of what's blocking her from something. So in any aspect of your life, I bring it back to the client and ask them about themselves so they can become aware of what's holding them back. Hey, I, I liked what you said there about using the, the client and their personality. It kind of goes with that love language. You have to speak in the the receivers love language and, and that, so they understand it. But at the same time, there's a case where, like I said, I'm not that big, loud and jumping up and down. Come on, give me three more. Give me three more. And that's not my style. Don't get me wrong. If you saw me on the, on the soccer field with the high school teams or or the, the baseball field, I mean, I can get, I don't want to say aggressive, but I can get loud and, and stuff like that. So for me, if I'm coaching, like doing the classes at the gym now, I'm more the one that's I'm explaining things and, and doing things where the the other trainer, the head trainer there is more that energetic one. So if I try to be that personality and you're, you're an actress, so you can go in there, even though it's not your personality and you have the ability to act and make it seem authentic and natural where for me, I feel like a goofball. I feel like I'm acting. I feel like it's not authentic. Now, with that said, I can go back to a couple of our soccer teams and we had our, our, our 05 team that won the league. If we had a bad first half, we could take them out to the back of the building and say, you guys don't want to listen, do it yourself and walk away because they had that toughness in them where now the captains will take over and they'll start talk where other teams would say, come on guys, we worked on this all week. This is what we had. So you do have to take your, your client or your team or, or whatever the case and tweak your, style to fit them, but I don't think you can completely change it. I mean, if you need that, if you need that person that really needs to be comforted and that's not your, your style. It's so far away from your style. You can't make that much of a adjustment. Otherwise your coaching won't be authentic. Well, yes. So yes and no, because I think that 
what you see in someone else, like you said, okay, that other coach is very loud and like in your face. If you wanted it to be that way, you could, even though it seems you're saying that that doesn't seem authentic to you. But at the same time, I'm sure there was a point in your life when you were so passionate about something, maybe you were loud about it. So it's finding that element in yourself because anything you see in someone else, you also have in you, even though you don't use it on a regular basis. So if you wanted to be loud and in their face, you could be, you just have to tap into that time in your life where you were and program it into your mind. And then you can be that. That's the whole thing about acting too is, yeah, I'm not that person either where I'm like loud and in your face. But if I wanted to be, I would just tap into a time where I did feel that way, whether it was when I was five or 10 and get back into that place in my subconscious mind. So now I'm already activated with that, with that personality. Well, that's kind of like the the film that you have on YouTube that I, I watched where your role, I think you were kind of like the, the, the devil on the shoulder character within, within that role. And, and yeah, I, and I'm watching and I'm like, Jesus is so much unlike her because you, you're, you have that energy and that, that positivity thing where your character in that one was more the negative, the negative side of it and the, the, the evil side. Yeah. And that's the subconscious too, though. Like, so that was basically me. I was her subconscious mind. So it's like in the, in our minds where, can be our worst enemy. So if you want to tap into that, you can do that anytime. And that goes for the positive traits too. But again, if your style is more gentle and calm, that's okay too. Be yourself and be authentic. But if you want to mirror somebody, you can mirror them if you want to. Well, that was one of the, the, the other trainer had had some personal issues going on and and I kind of helped him through in, in part. um, And obviously I didn't, change everything for him, but sat and talked with him about things, some, some messages to him. And he ended up putting a post on Facebook, just saying how he wanted to thank me for I mean, the time. And while he noted, while my coaching style is different than his, it's just as effective. And that's the thing. I mean, a, another big thing is when you're looking for coaches and, and this is across the board. And again, I tend to lead more towards the, the fitness and athletic thing, because you get a, the trainer or the coach that comes in, that's just, I mean, ripping with muscles and looks like Arnold and can lift a lot of weight. That doesn't necessarily mean that's the most knowledgeable coach. And, and same thing. If you get the, the average looking guy, that's just there in a pair of sweatpants and a t-shirt. And I mean, doesn't look like they can run a mile without dropping. That doesn't mean that they don't know what they're talking about. And the aesthetics of your coach doesn't always mean that they're a good or a bad coach. And also the connection with your coach is the most important thing. And you can have some 100%. I think it's about rapport. So most of the time, I mean, maybe this is a subconscious thing, but we want to work with people we like, or we have something in common with where, for example, when you go to a meeting for an interview and then you see the interviewer has a, a photo with their kids and it's like, Oh, you have kids. Oh yeah. My kid plays baseball too, or whatever automatically, even if you're not aware of it, you just made a connection and that builds rapport. So people want to work with you based on, like you said, it's the connection that you have. So you might have a client who comes to you and is like, you know what? I don't really feel this connection. I like you as a person, but I'm not feeling that connection. They might not work with you. It's easy to be like offended, but 
is just not there. And you wouldn't want to work with someone long-term anyway if that disconnection is there because then you're, it's almost as if you're speaking two different languages. You're not on this energetic alignment. What do you, you know, think? Con, con, no, connection is, is definitely a big thing. If you don't connect with the person, it's, it's just not going to work. I mean, if, yeah. if the two pieces don't go together, it's not going to work. Even if, if this is great and that's great. I mean, it, it's just, you, you need to have a connection. And again, that's not always based on, on knowledge or education. And in no way am I taken away from those who, who have studied and gotten certificates or degrees and stuff like that. I'm not, I'm not saying that by any means, but there, a lot of people will get judged. Uh, another trainer that I know that I've worked with, um, she just posted something on there saying that, and just because you can put a, a half naked photo up on Instagram, doesn't mean you know what you're talking about. So you see all these fitness influencers. I mean, a lot of them aren't coaches. They're not trainers. They don't have certificates or degrees or anything. They're just someone that, okay, has gone to the gym, taking care of their body, kept up with their health and fitness, and they look good, but they have no actual knowledge and education behind it. But because they, they look amazing on, on Instagram, they get all these followers and people are like, Oh, show me what to do. Show me what to do. But they might not necessarily know the proper way to show you what to do. And, and or, or something that works for them or their fitness routine might not necessarily work for you with what your goals are. Right. Yeah, definitely based on, on goals. And, and that's the thing. I mean, you'll, you'll see there's many people out there that have I mean, fitness programs that you can purchase. And I'll be honest, I've used some and they've been, uh, I've been successful with them. And, and these are basic outlines, but if you're going to coach someone, it's not going to be the same for everyone. I and mean, you're going to have to adjust things. And, and that's the thing with like, with group classes, everyone goes through the same routine where this person can't do it to this extreme. That person can't do it to this level, or this person can't do that exercise. You have to know as a coach, how to make that adjustment. Yeah, that's true. I, I also personally ask people, well, when they tell me, oh, I want to make X amount of dollars or I want to buy this house or whatever it is, I ask them, okay, what's the feeling of your goal? Like, what's the feeling? What's the emotion you have with achieving that goal? Because it's not, sure, you can reach the goal and you might be happy, but then it's like a temporary emotion where you're like, oh yeah, I... I finally made that amount of money and now I'm on to the next thing. And then you feel this lack. So it's getting into that place of, okay, well, how do I want to feel long-term? What is this going to make me like, okay, I feel blissful. I feel peaceful. That's more of what people want to feel behind their goals. It's not so much about the goal. Cause I could tell you like, oh, I want to, work on a Academy Award Hollywood production and then I do it and sure I feel good for a while. But then again, I'm like, oh, what's my next thing? So it just becomes a temporary thing, you know, that, so, that kind of I mean, goes, yeah, it's great. That'll go, go along with like a lot of, a lot of fitness goals. You get the people that, and they come into you or even if they're doing a, a self routine, whether they join the gym, I mean, obviously if, if you've ever been to a gym on January 2nd, you realize, I mean, it, it's packed. You can't find I mean, 
a machine open, a dumbbell free, because everyone has their New Year's resolution. Now, if you go on somewhere around January 16th or 17th, guess what? Half the equipment is open again. And you'll get these people that it's like, okay, I got to lose weight. Well, why do you need to lose weight? If the person says, because I feel unhealthy, I had heart issues, I have this going on. You know what? They're going to most likely keep it going. If someone says, I'm getting married in June, well, guess what? In July, they're not working out anymore. Or I have this, I'm going on a cruise in, in May. They're going to work out till May and then they stop working out. So when you have that, that one spot goal, like you said, you, you work real hard, you get on that great production, it's done. It's like, okay, now I'm not going to go back to basics like our last show and work on your skills and keep them up. You already hit your goal. So you don't need to go any further. So when you make that goal of, yeah. well, I want to look good in my tux, or I want to look good in my wedding dress, or I want to look good in, in my bikini or look good on the beach for my trip, that that's great. But if you can't sustain it, and I, I, and I had a friend who quit smoking when she got pregnant because she knew it was unhealthy, unhealthy for her, unhealthy for the baby. Nine months later, she has a kid. And I, I, I want to say it was only like two or three days later, she's smoking again. And yeah. it's like, you, you know, that it's unhealthy. Um, why, why go back? You worked so hard to not do it. Why, why go back to it? And that's the same thing when we're trying to do things moving forward, you got to look kind of, like you said, why do you want to get that house or that car? What's the underlining reason? And if it's, if there's a big and a big, like, I don't want to say life-changing but something that's going to really impact your life. It's one thing. If it's just that the, the aesthetics of having a nice car or just to look good, you're, you're not going to keep, you're not going to keep working as hard as if there's a bigger underlining reason. I also feel like people like to feel, and maybe this is a subconscious thing, but I think people like to feel comfortable or go back to what they're familiar with. Like your friend, she went back to smoking because maybe it was a subconscious thing. Okay. This feels comfortable. This feels familiar. And I don't think we're aware of that at times, but anytime you catch yourself going back to something that you feel is not good for you, think why you're going back to it. Why am I going back to it? Why am I really going back to this? Have an honest conversation with yourself because you might not tell someone else that like, oh, I'm going back because I'm comfortable because of this, you know? And I also think that most people, and this is myself included, and I'm sure you too, how many thoughts you have during the day about what you don't want versus what you want. You're like, Oh, I don't want to be broke. I don't want to be this. And we're constantly thinking about that. So all our brain hears is I don't want wrinkles. I don't want to be broke. I don't want this. And you're constantly telling yourself that. And then when you see it manifest in your life, you're like, well, why is this happening? Well, you're the one that said you didn't want it. So you also attracted that too. Whereas catch yourself in that moment, be like, well, what do I want instead Okay, how can I make that happen? And it's a practice. It's not like it's going to come up all the time. You have to practice being aware of it and program your mind to switch that button from what you don't want. Okay, what do I want instead? So, and like I said, the comfort thing, nobody likes being uncomfortable, but in that uncomfortable moments, in those moments, you got to sit through it, flow with it. It's going to it's going to end. It's not going to last forever, even though it feels like an eternity, but you are only going to grow and get to the next level of your life. When you get out of that comfort, that's the only way you're going to get that 
new house, that new relationship, take your relationship to the next level or whatever it is that you want in your life. I guarantee you're not going to get it with being complacent. You just aren't. And if you're okay with being complacent, that's how you want to live your life. By all means, go ahead. But I don't think most people do. They do think that they want it, but they don't, but they really don't. And that goes to a lot of the mindset. And that that's something, like I said, going in my style of coaching where I'm talking, we're talking fitness and the exercise, but I'm putting the, the mindset stuff in there where you said, we, we all do look at the, the negatives or what we don't want or what we're trying to avoid type of thing. And, and that's, I've, I've always said, I mean, don't reference the negative. I remember going to outdoor nationals archery with my son and the second day he just said, I didn't have any misses. Well, don't even wreck, don't even reference the miss. Don't even mention the miss say I hit all my shots, even though you're saying the same thing, you still acknowledge the negative aspect. And and that's, that's a big thing. It's kind of like when, when I do whitewater kayaking, one of the first things I was told is if there's a rock in the river and you see the chute that you want to go through, don't look at the rock. I mean, don't look at the rock and try to paddle away from it. Look where you want to go, because if you're looking at the rock, you're going to hit the rock, even though you're telling your mind, don't hit the rock yeah. and you're looking at it, you're still going to hit the rock. Look at where you want to go. Yeah, no, it's so true. That actually reminds me of something my, one of my acting coaches said on, um, he was on the show called Screen Queens. It was a reality show where these women competed for a role in uh, this movie called Saw, the Saw franchise. And he was saying, he's like, if you think you're going to look like an idiot, you're going to look like an idiot. He's like, commit to what you're doing. When you commit to what you're doing, it's going to come out authentic and beautiful. And, you know, he's like, you're trying too hard. You're trying to be this. He's like, stop doing that. And then as soon as they switched it and he found that switch, he's like, there you go. He's like, there was that moment where I actually believed you because you were committed to what you were doing. And He's right. If you think you're going to look like an idiot, you're going to look like an idiot. But if you're not thinking from that mindset and you're just like, I'm committed to that goal. I'm committed to getting from point A to point B, regardless of the rocks or whatever's in your way. And your vision is just getting to the other side. Then you're committed to that. And nothing else is, okay, if I hit obstacles, I'm not even thinking about that. But if I hit an obstacle, I'll handle it. I'll overcome it. <laughs> well, that, that that's kind of sounds like one of the things, I mean, I've mentioned how for years I coached the, the high school soccer and baseball. And now I have since joined the dark side. I am a high school soccer official. And one of the things they told us is when you blow the whistle, even if you're unsure, you blow with authority and you point which way you're making the call. And don't just blow the whistle a little tweet and say, ah, let's go this way. You, even if you're unsure, you, you obviously two people kick, they both go down the ground. You got to call the foul one way or the other, blow the whistle and point and, and do it with authority I mean, sell, sell the call. I mean, one of the coaches, yes. don't get me wrong, no matter what call you make, every, half of the coaches and, and fans love you and half of the coaches and fans hate you, regardless of whether it's right or wrong. And that's one of the biggest things I learned going from the coaching side of the line to the officiating side of the line. You see the game different. But we were told, blow with authority and just be decisive, make your call, and that's it. You have to, you have to like you said, if you look unsure, it's going to show to everyone out there. Yeah. Yeah. You have to make yourself first believe that you're sure. And then everyone else will believe it. Cause if you don't believe it, sure as hell, nobody else is going to believe it. 
Now, if you're scared going to a room where you have to talk in front of a hundred people and your heart is pounding and you're just like, oh my God, I'm so nervous, I'm so nervous, I'm so nervous. Now you're going in with that energy and people are going to pick up that. Whereas if you tell your brain, you know what? I'm calm, I'm confident, I know my shit. And you go in and you keep telling your brain that, that's what you're going to come, then people are going to pick up on that because you're already training your mindset to, you're having conversations, getting instilled in your subconscious when you say something repetitively. So go in with that energy. Even if you're afraid to do something, tell yourself, I got this all as well. I got whatever your mantra is. Tell yourself that, repeat it, do your breathing, do your, I think they say certain sounds too. Somebody was telling me this, like when you feel stuck, release some sounds and don't think about the sounds coming out. So it's like how people do chanting, just do that. And that'll actually calm your anxiety down. There's like a whole... I think there's a whole study on it too. I'm pretty sure. So it's like your frequency. Your, if I'm nervous from talking, I'll do like mm, breathing, whatever sound comes out. I didn't even think about it. So that's another thing is figure out where you're stuck in your body because your your body is like a major part of it too. You don't realize how much your body is speaking when you're communicating with people or when you're just by yourself and you're sitting. Are you slouching? Are you sitting up? What are you doing? Think about all those things. Be aware of your whole self, not just your mind, your mind and your body and your heart. And one thing my coach always taught me was before going into a situation, he said, he repeated this mantra, like my heart set, my mindset, my soul set is with you, Jay. Like before I come into a situation with speaking to you or anybody, I tell myself that. So subconsciously I'm like when people are around me they're like oh I feel so she's so open I feel I feel her heart it's because I did that before I came and saw you so yeah. any, any place from love too and I was having a conversation with someone the other day and you know like I know you've talked about like you get frustrated when someone doesn't respond right away now instead of being like oh you didn't respond okay, let me check in. How can I reframe that into love? So reframe that into love with people going into it. Hey, it sounded urgent. Are you okay? Instead of me lashing out on you or any situation you're in, how can you come into that situation from a place of love? Even though you're angry or frustrated, how can you switch it? Because your most authentic emotion is love. I mean, other stuff is too, but it's, it's more ego. Anything that's negative is more ego. Yeah, I think, I mean, just to touch on the the responding thing, I, I think it's different where, like you said, if you're going to meet with someone, whether it's on a, a, a video call like this, or you're in person, you, you tell yourself, okay, I'm checking into this person, this conversation, this is where I'm going to be completely. So it, there's that frustration point when you have that friend or those people, you know, that are constantly checking their phone, they're constantly on Facebook or Instagram or text messages, this and that. But then when you send the message out, it takes a while to get back. So there's times like yeah. that where it's frustrating. And, and again, there's the, okay, this is important or that's not important. Or, I mean, they're posting constantly on social media yet. They couldn't yeah. reply to them. So that's where, that's where I get frustrated with that. I understand people are busy. I, I mean, I had, when I was working in the shop, I had to put my, my phone into cell phone prison. We had, we had our lockers in the locker room. And then he had this little, like, it looked like an apartment mailbox where everyone had the little four by four lockers that we all had to put our phone in because he liked to control. He was very controlling. And that was 
so I didn't get to respond for four hours. So when people know me that I'm that quick responder, there's probably think, geez, what's taking them so long? Usually, well, I understand that some people can't. It's the frustration where it's like you see all these other replies. Um, yeah, as far no, as I totally the- get that. I mean, I personally like I'll have people hitting me up and I'm like, I just don't have the mental. Yeah, maybe I'll be posting, but I don't have the mental capacity to engage in a conversation or like if I'm in an irritable mood, I'm like, I'm going to bring that energy with me. And like, that's not fair to the other person because it, my irritability has nothing to do with them. So like, I just won't respond for a while. And then when I'm ready, I'm like, okay, my cup is full. My mental, my emotional cup is full. Now I can have a conversation. I like going to situations that way because I know some people that post and I'm like, oh, they're not responding. Okay, well, maybe they're just not in that. I don't ever feel like it's malicious when someone's yeah. not responding. Like, oh, they're ignoring me on purpose. I, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I know how this is. I know how I am too. So I get it. And I don't take it as personally anymore because I'm like, I'm, I'm the same way. It's not like I'm ever maliciously ignoring someone. I'm just not in the mental capacity to have a conversation. And I'm in a mood where I'm just like, if I talk to that person, I'm going to bring my, like my not so niceness into the situation. And that's just not fair to the other person. No, I've, I've gotten better on that, but I've also seen I mean, people that I've been connected with that have lost out on opportunities. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. doing the personal training now. So I had an opportunity for a nutritionist that, I had clients that would, were looking for a nutritionist and I tried connecting with her and, and she was too busy to take a 15 minute phone call. And she said, Oh, I'm busy this week. How about next week? And never heard from her. So you find someone else saying same thing with yeah. an opportunity for a, a massage therapist that I tried to communicate with that. I mean, it's already set up in the gym. He's got the table, he's got the room, he's got the location. And I mean, I can't reach out over and over again. And no, then right, that's some, on something them. like that. Yeah. So that, no, I, I've, got, I've gotten better at just figuring out who wants to be connected and, and who doesn't. Uh, now with the, with going back to the, the coaching, we talked about just being, being assertive and being confident in your skills. What would you give for advice for the new coach? And, and I, I'm sure it's like any job you go out to. I mean, if you're if you're a machinist and you're going into a shop and you just came out of trade school and there's guys that have been doing this for 20 years, you're going to be nervous that you get it right. That, that first year on your, your first official shift as a nurse in, in an emergency room, you're going to be nervous. Same thing with coaching that first time that you, you take that job, you're going to have second guesses of, of things that you do and things that you say, and is my body language showing something proper? Am I doing everything right? What would be your advice to give to new coaches going into a role? Well, I would say if you can't master yourself, how do you expect to master others? So first and foremost is mastering yourself. So if you're nervous, again, go back to a place where you felt excited or calm. Take yourself back to that moment. Watch a video on YouTube. Watch something on Instagram that makes you laugh. That lightens the mood. I think they say like laughter is like one of the best things you can do. So like watch something funny. It calms you down. When you're laughing, you're just, you're happy and your mindset quickly changes. So if I'm talking to you and I'm like, oh, I feel so down. And then you say something funny and I laugh, I automatically just like raise my energy levels up because I just, I'm happy now. So just be aware of how you're feeling and going into that situation with a client 
and what energy you're bringing with you, because that's whether you pick up, whether you believe it or not, people can pick up on it. What about you? you? Well, what would be well, your advice? well, one thing that you mentioned is you mentioned like go on to YouTube and that is an amazing resource that today's day and age has that I didn't have growing up. I mean, the internet, I, I'm going to say barely existed. It was more like didn't exist while I was in high school. I mean, I didn't get AOL, which if you're in your forties, that's most likely how you started your online journey until about two or three years after I graduated from high school. So my whole high school years, there was no internet. And I, I tell my guys that I graduated high school with that played soccer with me, we were 12, two and two, we had 12 wins, 12 loss or 12 wins, two losses, two ties. We were a good team. The Oh five team that won the league, they would, and wipe the, the field clean with us. They were that much better. But a resource that these kids have and these athletes have is they can go on, find Cristiano Ronaldo, learn his trick move, then go on and find Messi, learn his move. And that's that's one thing. I mean, you you want to coach and you're looking for, for different exercises to give as a trainer or you're looking for different I mean, and exercises to do for acting. The resources that are out there, use them. That's how you learn. I mean, self-study learning is just as important as that formal education you'd get from I mean, a training or, or college or wherever. And so do as much as you can. Any little thing you learn, there might be a one-liner you watch in a 37-minute video. Someone said one thing that sticks with you that you use all the time. And it just, I mean, it makes everyone smile. And they're like, oh, I never thought of it that way. And that one little point might be something that becomes your your little tagline that you use on a lot of things. Totally. 100%. And, and as far as starting out, I would definitely say be who you are. Don't try to necessarily mimic I mean, someone that's out there. If you watched a lot of I mean, Bobby Knight and, and for those old enough, Bobby Knight was a college basketball coach who there's famous videos of him literally throwing chairs onto the courts or, or that, those type of antics, um, the, the Lou Pinellas, I mean, they call him sweet Lou, but he was the one that get in the umpire's face and throw his hat down at home plate and Billy Martin and kicking dirt on the umpires. If that's not your style, don't think that that's how you have to do it. Don't try to mimic someone else, find your style and, and stick with, it. I mean, there's not, there's not many Robin Williams out there that can cover every style and do them all well. And sometimes, yeah. I mean, you, you got the guys that are, you only see them in action movies and the guys that you only see them in, in romance movies, because that's what they do. Well, same thing as a coach. If you're, if you're more that mindset and that mental coach and that laid back coach, be that coach. If you're more that energetic, I mean, jumping up and down, you munch on sugar cubes on the way to the gym and you have all this <laughs> hyperness to you. That's great be that coach. And, yeah. and then if you have a situation where you're, you're in a facility or, or an organization where there's two or three or, or multiple coaches that have the different personalities, use your team. Don't try to make your particular style, the star of the show, use the team and make that team the star of the show. Make the team is what sells your facility or, or your organization. Yeah, I think that's beautifully said. So I hope you guys like this one on, on coaching. And remember, there's there's different styles out there. No style is right or wrong as a coach. Be who you are. 
don't try to change too much. You do need to make a little adjustments based on your clients. And as a client looking for a coach, again, make sure you find someone who you connect with, not necessarily the most energetic in terms of boisterous and loud or, or the the guy or, or girl that happens to be, I mean, look the most fit. I mean, find the, the connection is the most important thing. I mean, go and do a, a trial with a couple of different coaches and whether it's fitness, whether it's acting, uh, anything, just find someone that fits you the best and that'll be the best coach for you. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Shift Mindset Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While the suggestions, strategies, and practices we have given have been proven successful for our personal use as well as clients we have worked with, these recommendations should not supersede instructions given by any licensed professionals, including but not limited to your primary care physician and mental health professionals. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today for the PowerShift Mindset Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at The PowerShift Mindset and also visit thepowershiftmindset.com. Thanks again for listening to The PowerShift Mindset.